What is going on, all you constant comrades out there in the multiverse? You are listening to the Earth 16 Comics Wider podcast. Part of my terrible Russian accent. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Brian from Earth 16, and in the seventh episode of this podcast, we are going to be delving into Superman Red Sun, Earth 30, and compare the graphic novel and the movie. You don't want to miss this, folks. <laughs> What is up, everyone? I hope you're all doing well this Friday, April 3rd of 2020. Um, it's time for some Earth-16 Comics Wire news and updates. So as you probably already know, um, the coronavirus has become a pandemic and it continues to um, spread. But um, several measures have been put in place to stop the spread by having every mostly everyone stay home. Um, several um, events have been canceled. Several comic book conventions have been canceled. Um, obviously, this coronavirus has had an effect on a on the comic book industry, and I'm actually looking for um, a comic book store to interview about this in a future episode. Um, you probably heard about the diamond distributors too that they've stopped business recently, so it's really take comic book stores are really taking a huge hit. And um, we should do everything we can to support them by shopping local, shopping at your local comic book store if you have one near you. I mean, buy as much as you can. I'm not saying buy. A whole lot but buy as much as you're able to um speaking of comic book conventions um the phoenix fan fusion the comic book convention i go to every year has been postponed um this year until september 25th uh, um through the 27th so i was a little i was definitely bummed out when i heard the news so but i do understand as to why they had to cancel that event others like it i mean it's just for the health and safety of everyone and just the overall message for this is during this time, be kind to one another. Um, just wash your hands and be creative. We're going to get through this. That's the most important thing you have to remember. We're going to get through this. Um, the important thing is not to, is to not get triggered. And I think this is a time for us to actually be grounded and to appreciate the things that we have and also the things that we don't have. So I think this is a, this is a time to be doing that. And just to be grateful too. So, um, moving on, I would say, um, I'm going to be planning on doing more additional episodes for the Earth-16 Comics Wire. Um, I'm also planning on, I'm actually going to be planning on doing an episode on pantomime, which is the visual language in which gestures and facial expressions are used to tell a story in a graphic novel. So I will um, mention some, some comics or graphic novels that use this unique technique. And also, I'm planning on doing an episode based on Harley Quinn um, sometime around April or May. Um, and just by reading a set of books that was um, that was actually recommended by Angel Young. Really brilliant. Um, really brilliant fan of Harley Quinn. Um, then I also will be posting a new... Um, I'll be posting a poll um, on my Twitter where that will be posted on the next... I'm pretty much the next topic for the show. So, I mean, a lot of things are coming up for the Earth-16 Comics Wire podcast. 
So yeah, after the break, we are going to take a look at Superman Red Sun and do a comparison between the graphic novel and the movie. This is going to be fun. So sit back, relax, um, get your favorite snack, because coming up, we are going to explore. We're going to explore Superman Red Sun, Golmanads. Again, sorry for the um, Russian accent. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Earth-16 Comics Wire podcast. Let me start off with this question. Can you imagine Kahlo's rocket ship landing in Soviet Russia instead of the cornfields of Smallville, Kansas, America's heartland? Well, that is what happens in Superman Red Sun, a crazy and unique, or should I say uniquely crazy take on the familiar story of Superman. And a little tidbit on Superman Red Sun, it was written by Mark Millar. It was illustrated and drawn by Dave Johnson, Andrew Robinson, Walden Wong and Killian Plunkett, and it was lettered by Ken Lopez, and the colorist was by Paul Mounts. Now, I did a little research, and I found that, um, and I found that Mark Millar actually um, talked about um, his inspiration for Superman Red Sun, and here's what he said on Twitter. And he said that I, and I quote, "I came up with the idea of Superman Red Sun when I was six, pitched it to DC Comics when I was 13." Sold it when I was 12, 27, and it was also it was published when I was 33. The lesson of this story is not tenacity. It's getting your story right at age 6 and not wasting all that time. And he went on to say, too, that um, Superman 300 was basically the inspiration behind his creating Superman Red Sun. And I quote, so he said that, and I quote, Superman 300 was the comic that inspired Red Sun, and this was very the very page where the idea hit me. The USA and USSR both racing for the baby's rocket. So Superman 300 was written by Elliot S. Magan and Kerry Bates, who Millar credits for writing his favorite Superman stories. And the synopsis for Superman Red Sun is just that it takes place in an alternate reality where Superman's rocket lands in a Ukrainian collective. Um, and Kal-El grows up to be Superman, the Soviet champion of the common worker. And Superman's presence is a threat to the United States of America. And it tips the scales of the Cold War between the USA and the USSR. But it's also a war between Superman and Lex Luthor. Now, they also did a movie about this, too, as I mentioned before they did a movie um anime movie based on superman red sun and jason isaacs voices the man of steel and it also has an ensemble ensemble of known voice actors like roger craig smith Diedrich bader who originally voiced batman in batman the brave and the bold and roger craig smith was also voiced of several characters that, um like the joker and among other characters amy acker vanessa marshall and paul williams and um, I like that. I actually liked them both. I mean, I definitely loved the graphic novel, though. But I also thought the film was good, though. But um, the film, to me, wasn't great. But it was a good film, nonetheless. It was a good animated movie. I just felt that it probably should have followed the graphic novel a little bit more. 
So, and I'll actually get into that a little bit in my final thoughts. So several characters in Red Sun um, are really familiar. Um, obviously we got Superman, the Soviet champion, um, Lana Lozarenko or Siflana, if that's how you pronounce it. I can't really read um, that per se though, but it's bas she's basically the Russian counterpart to Lana Lang. Um, one of Superman's first loves in his early life. Um, Piotr Roslov in the graphic novel, who's the Russian counterpart to Pete Ross. We got Lex Luthor, the American capitalist who ascends to the presidency. We have Lois Lane Luthor, who's a journalist, like the original Lois, but she's also the wife of Lex Luthor. Then we got Batman, the anarchist who wants to topple Superman's government, and he wants to have a revenge on Superman. And um, in the graphic novel, he also, want, he also wants to have revenge on the man who killed his parents, Pito Rosilov. Then we have Wonder Woman, um, Sophia ally of Superman. We have Bizarro, who's a cl the Americanized clone of Superman. Then we got the Green Lantern Corps, Brainiac, and then we also got Stalin and several other historical characters like Ike, um, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, President Kennedy, among others. So I'm going to do um, some. I'm going to do a comparison between the graphic novel and the movie, um, just to put in um, some some of the stuff I've seen and I've noticed. Um, and one of the first similarities I want to talk about is Superman. You know, the man himself, Superman, the Soviet champion of the common worker. Now, Superman, in both the movie and the graphic novel, has really no, no. He has no circuit identity. He does have a relationship with Lana, and Superman doesn't really want to get involved with Soviet politics or politics in general. Um, at first, um, he right, he you know he pretty much rises to um, fame. I mean, he starts to get noticed. Um, the world is, has their eyes glued on him when he's doing all these amazing feats of saving people's lives. Especially, he's taking notice of the United States government and the world at large. Like the Superman that we know and love, I mean, this Superman just wants to save lives and protect people. That's all he wants. But however, when he does get immersed in, so in politics, particularly of the Soviet Union, his morality becomes somewhat warped. And his heart is in the right place. You can tell that his heart's in a good place, but his intentions tend to tip the scales and they start to get people kind of a little bit of afraid of him and it put even probably put some lives or you know some things at risk so that's one of the similarities of that the, the graphic novel and the movie share is just the world's growing view of superman and the man of steel i mean some grow to like him then later on it just starts to become obvious that humanity actually becomes a little more afraid of him much more so than even the soviet union I mean, even some people within the Soviet Union, like Pyotr Rosilov, who I forgot to mention, actually, Pete Ross's Russian counterpart is the illegitimate son of Joseph Stalin. Like, guys like that in Batman become a little, you know, they become, they become concerned and want to take matters to their own to somehow get rid of him so that way he doesn't become a threat. So, moving on, I'm going to mention a notable difference between the two films, and that has to do with um how superman and lana's relationship was fleshed out so in both the comic and the movie lana becomes a narrative bridge that propels red sun superman to take charge of the soviet union lana 
dying in the movie. So in the movie, Lana dies. But before we get to that, um, we could see that in the beginning of the movie, they share sort of like a sibling bond. Superman's running away from bullies, and Lana just protects him, protects him, and he finally reveals his powers to her, and it's Lana who convinces him to, you know, go to the Soviet, you know, go to the Soviet authorities and show off his power so that way he can serve the Soviet Union. So he leaves the farm and becomes Superman. And so Lana dying propels Superman to actually take take the reins of the Soviet Union because if you remember I mentioned earlier, Superman doesn't really want to get involved in politics. He just wants to save lives. He wants to be the good Samaritan. He wants to be the servant to the people. But he feels that he can take that further by taking charge of the Soviet Union. So Lana dying in the movie convinces him to do so. While in the graphic novel, Lana is alive and well and actually is starving with her children. And this is what propels Superman to want to take charge, especially when he tries asking for asking for food for Lana and her kids. And even some of the people say that, you know, we've been here for weeks. And this is around the time when Stalin had a, you know had his funeral. And in the graphic novel also, Lana does become a tour guide in the Superman Museum. And she also witnesses Pietro Roslov as a Superman robot after serving a bedridden Wonder Woman after Pietro Roslov was found out to be conspiring with the Batman to overthrow Superman. So I mentioned that Lana and the Superman grew up in the Ukrainian collective, sort of like the small the Russian or Soviet version of Smallville. And, um, yeah, so basically th that's pretty much the difference between their relationships. And actually, here's, a, here's another interesting thing in, in the movie that, in the movie, in the graphic, in the movie, Superman um, finds out that Lana dies in the Gulag, where he also finds a young Batman, which I'll get to in, in a little bit. Um, and he goes up to Stalin, and Superman actually kills Stalin in the movie in the in the anime movie Superman kills Stalin and people decide to turn to you know they decide to have they actually recognize him as the leader but in the graphic novel also it's Pietro Roslov who kills Stalin and that's when Superman takes charge so either way Lana um, becomes that narrative bridge that propels Superman to take the reins of the Soviet Union so moving on um a notable similarity between the movie and the and between the graphic novel and the movie I'm going to mention is the Sputnik incident, where the Sputnik crashes in Metropolis and it starts off with um, Superman being cloned. So Lex Luthor um, is recently hired by the U.S. government. He runs STR Labs, and he's hired by the um, U.S. government to do something about the Superman issue um, to basically defeat Superman. And Lex Luthor is this American industrialist. He has full-on red hair. He's not his quite his bald head himself, his bald head itself yet, but um, he gets to that a little later on. But he's hired by the U.S. government to take on Superman, and he orchestrates Sputnik to crash onto Metropolis. But and obviously, um, due to his calculations, he correctly predicts that Superman Superman would come to take Sputnik and grab Sputnik and prevent from crashing into metropolis to the point where it could have caused another war between or a war excuse me between the u.s and the ussr 
But luckily, Superman saves the um, rocket or the satellite. Actually, I should say Sputnik satellite. And but this is actually all a ruse. Um, it's a way to get um, the DNA from the Sputnik that was left over by Superman, so that way Lex could create a a clone or a Superman who represents the ideals of the United States of America, which results in Bizarro. Bizarro becomes that clone. Now. Uh, speaking of Bizarro, I'm going to mention another difference between uh, between the graphic novel and the movie is the fight between Superman and Bizarro. And um, in the comic, Superman versus Bizarro takes place in the United Kingdom. But in the movie, it's in Russia. It's after a formal party where Superman actually meets Wonder Woman. Um, so in the movie, Bizarro is an americanized clone just like he is in the comic book or in the graphic novel but he's given a name and his name is superior man who fights um for truth justice in the american way and he says america first so he's just like a crazy patriot and he's very coherent with his words and that's until during the fight in um in the gra- in the movie where the fight takes place in russia he becomes deranged when lex powers him up too much but like uh, like in the graphic novel, movie Bizarro also wears the familiar red, blue, and yellow Superman colors, but with a U.S. emblem on his chest. So ultimately, due to him overpowering, he actually dies and dissolves in Superman's arms. However, in the graphic novel, Bizarro um, and Superman are duking out, but then they notice a nuclear missile get launched by one of the U.S. submarines. So Bizarro uses his freeze vision to freeze Superman place, and he flies up to the nuclear missile to sacrifice himself to save everyone. And um, he basically says, hello, everybody, me pleased to meet you, and just blows up. And this causes Lex to get all upset in the graphic novel because he said that basically this causes him to take a hiatus from his marriage or sabbatical from his marriage with Lois and that he's really upset that the clone defeated him in chest but couldn't defeat superman and in the movie though i mean the clone overpowering just causes lois to be upset at lex a little bit but in the movie they later i guess they somehow later make up but yep so that's a notable difference between the movie and the graphic novel is the fight between superman and bizarro now a similarity i want to mention is lex luther's rise to the presidency so, as I mentioned before, Lex, like his Prime Universe counterpart, is an intelligent um, capitalist. I mean, he eventually becomes his bald head himself. His bald head itself, but he has a full-on red hair in the beginning. Um, and also, like I mentioned before, the U.S. government turns to him for help um, to take on Superman. He also runs STAR Labs. And he's instrumental, like I, like I also mentioned too, he's instrumental in creating Bizarro. And several other um attempts to defeat superman he also aids batman with um the solar he aids batman by providing him with the solar lamps used to depower superman and after and he also is instrumental in creating the green lantern Corps, and he eventually becomes the u.s president and what's interesting about this lex luther is just that he he becomes the president and he ultimately Spoiler alert, um, he ultimately um, is able to beat Superman, and he ushers an age of a global United States, which takes over the world. And 
But, you know, before all that, he also teams up with Superman to defeat Brainiac, who has been the one pulling all the strings. So in a sense, Lex, um, in a sense, also kind of becomes a hero of the story in a sense, too, even though he's sort of like his villainous Machiavelli self. And he's married to Lois Lane, and which I'll get to also as a notable difference in the next um, next notable difference, as I'm going to mention, is just that the the um, relationship between Lex and Lois Lane it's really different in the in the graphic novel and the movie. They're very different. The rela- the relationship between Lex and Lois Lane is portrayed differently because in the graphic novel, the relationship starts off really good, but it gets really rocky when Lex becomes obsessed with defeating Superman. And as a result of all that, Lois grows fond of Superman, much like the Lois that we know. And this relationship actually starts off um, when Superman saves her from being splattered by the um, Daily Planet globe that's about to come down on her and the citizens of Metropolis, which also I'll mention later on. Um, And Lois is just crushed when the Daily Planet goes out of business. And she feels like it's a it's Lex's way of just telling her that, you know, it's taunting her. However, she does stay with Lex after he wins the presidency. And even throughout his um war with Superman, and even after Superman leaves, um and just disappears from public view, she still remains with Lex and until his death. However, in the movies, the, the relationship actually is barely a strain, except during the Bizarro fight, like I mentioned in the last couple of um, comparisons. They're both crazily in love with each other, despite Lex being obsessed with defeating Superman. And, you know, and just like in the comic, too, she stays with him well in, within his presidency and into his retirement. So, I mean, really interesting dynamic with how they portray that relationship between Lex and Lois, the the marriage between Lex and Lois in both the graphic novel and the movie. And speaking of relationships, um, I wanted to also delve into Superman and Wonder Woman's relationship. Um, It's very similar actually between the graphic novel and the movie. So Wonder Woman and Paradise Island become very interested in forging an alliance with the Soviet Union. Though um, Wonder Woman's mother questions the human rights of the Soviet Union. Now, Superman and Wonder Woman become friends. Um, they actually, um, Wonder Woman actually thinks that Superman's different from the males, uh, and that she feels that she can relate to him because of their similar powers. Just like she actually, just like Wonder Woman's Prime Universe counterpart can relate to Superman. You know what I mean? Because they both, they both are different they both have superhuman abilities they both can fly i mean yeah they're, they're very different but there's only one notable difference between the graphic novel and the movie in the movie um wonder woman's a lesbian or at least an lgbtq character but like in the, the um but in both the graphic novel and the movie the relationship does take a strain it, it becomes strained when superman forces wonder woman to break her lasso in order to save her you know his life and hers from the batman and also another difference would be that in the graphic novel wonder woman does side with lex but in the movie she remains neutral when superman decides to go to war against the united states because in the graphic novel it's lex it's lois through I mean, through Lois Lane, Lex Luthor convinces Wonder Woman to go to to join him in the battle against Superman. 
But in the movie, Wonder Woman just remains neutral. And after breaking the last, so like in the graphic novel, uh, movie Wonder Woman also has gray, you know, she just has white hair after breaking that lasso. And she stops the fight between Superman and the Green Lantern Corps. But either way, their relationship just becomes strained after Superman, after she finds out Superman's true, na- you know, sort of his true character. Now, moving on, a notable difference in um, the Red Sun graphic novel and the movie was the relationship between Superman and Lois Lane. Now, in the comic, um, they had their first meeting after Superman rescues uh, Metropolis from Sputnik and also from the Daily Planet Globe from falling onto Lois and the citizens that was caused by Sputnik. So, they both become smitten at each other. Um, they, um, Superman notes att- attraction towards Lois. And he even um, mentions that later on, centuries later on, um, a poet would be able to rewrite this an alternate reality where he and Lois become lovers, like where Superman and Lois become lovers, which is obviously a reference to Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster writing um, writing Superman or action comics. But um, in this reality, obviously, you know, I mean, there's no, there's really no romance, but there is romantic tension in the comics. However, in the movie, Supes and Lois talk about, they just talk about politics. And it's Lois that hands Superman a dossier or files on the USSR treating Gulak prisoners. Like, it's an intelligence file from Lex Luthor, which shows um, which shows Superman that the USSR was mistreating its um, dissidents or sort of like its lawbreakers in the Gulag, which also has Lana and a young Batman imprisoned. And I forgot to mention actually that in the comic, Lois does dream of Superman coming to catch her after she has a falling out with Lex. But in the movie, um, Lois, um, especially after Superman confronts her at the White House when he's invading the US, she calls Superman a dictator after she hands him a letter. And that letter just says, um, why don't you just put a whole world in the bottle, Superman? Though in a graphic novel, she seems um, she pleads with Superman to like stop the invasion, and that you know Superman eventually sees that letter and he just breaks down. Whereas I actually I forgot to mention in the graphic novel, it wasn't a letter; it was the um, bottled city of I think it was of um, Stalin Moscow Moscow or Stalingrad. It was one of the bottled cities, and this it just crushed Superman. It's like when Lex said, "Why don't you just put a whole world in a bottle, Superman?" So that really crushed Superman. So at the very uh, at the clo- at the closing of Red Sun in both the graphic novel and the movie, Lois does see a disguise Superman in his um, iconic Clark Kent disguise. But in, in in the graphic novel, it's during Lex Luthor's funeral, while in the movie, it's during um, his retirement from the presidency. So moving on, a notable similarity I also want to mention is the USSR, the United States of America, and the world in the Superman Red Sun universe. This is that under Superman's leadership, the USSR becomes far more advanced. Several countries sign on to join the Soviet Union. The only countries to resist Superman, the Superman-led USSR, are the United States and Chile. Or Chile. And Superman controls what time people go to bed. He controls, you know, what they eat. You know how many hours they work. I mean, he controls everything, and he even says in the graphic novel that no one hardly ever uttered a complaint. 
maybe except for the um, Batman anarchist, but yeah, and the Batman members, you know, are made into Superman robots with the help from Brainiac, who, like I said, is really the one pulling the strings here. He's running things. And it's in the Cold War is a lot like our like the Cold War that was experienced or that we read about in the history books. I mean, USSA, I mean, USA versus the USSR. And well, you know, everything from like the space race to the arms race, preventing the spread of communism, containment. I mean, it's all in there, basically. So a notable difference between the two fil- between the graphic novel and the movie is Batman versus Superman. Now in the comics, Russian Batman's parents were gunned down by Pietro Roslov, um, the illegitimate son of Joseph Stalin. And Roslov and Bats um, both conspired to get rid of Superman, and after that, Batman plans on getting rid of Roslov. But in the movie, it's Bats' parents that died in the Gulag that drives Batman to want to kill Superman. And this is when Superman goes to the Gulag and um, sees Lana for the first time, and that's when she dies. And then he also meets a young Batman as a boy. And Superman is just horrified by what the Gulag has done to the people that he's sworn to protect. But at the same time, you can understand that how angry Batman is, especially as a young boy. Um, because Superman is a symbol of the very government that put his parents away, that put his parents and him in that gulag. And he's just seething with rage. He wants revenge. And in both the comic and the graphic novel, the fight takes place in the gulag. And Batman uses the red solar lamps that were given to him by Lex Luthor to have a fair advantage against Superman. And so far, he wins the fight. And before all this, he... Um, lures Superman to fight him by tying up Wonder Woman with her very own magic lasso, but it also ends with Wonder Woman breaking that lasso to save Superman and herself. So Batman decides to rather rather than become surrender to Superman, become a Superman robot. He blows himself up, and it's more it's a little more fleshed out in the comic when he, Batman tells Superman that Pietro Rosloff actually planned all this and that's when superman makes Beator into a superman robot now i also wanted to mention um peter rosloff um as i said he's the um, illegitimate son of joseph stalin he's the russian counterpart to superman's best friend pete ross and he just hates superman he um is jealous of him he wants to in the comic he wants to move to the top he wants to basically you know ascend after Stalin but Stalin's not going to allow it you know and Stalin just pushes him aside and this is what drives Pete or Piotr to kill Stalin and poison him and later on he cooperates with Superman though but eventually after he conspires with the Batman to kill Superman Superman makes him into a Superman makes Piotr into a Superman robot and Piotr is serving Wonder Woman basically, you know, lunch or food when she's bedridden after the altercation or the fight with Batman. And Lana is just horrified by what she sees um, after Beator has like a chip behind his head as a robot. So that's a notable difference between 
the you know in the graphic novel Pitor is mentioned whereas with the in the movie you don't you don't really see Pitor or you know Russian Pete so another notable difference I wanted last notable difference I wanted to mention between the graphic novel and the film is the ending of Red Sun um, Lex um, in the graphic novel um, Lex ushers a Luther dynasty um, that extends all the way to Jor-El um, Earth basically um, becomes Krypton as it advances more and has a red sun even um, also Lex Luthor does beat Superman and ushers the global United States and and this global United States is a one world government based off of Superman's ideas um, it's a government run by the artists writers screenwriters you know scientists and philosophers and um in the ending um towards the end actually luther passes away and lois is at his funeral and that's when she sees superman as clark kent disguise like i mentioned before but in the movie it's a little it, it's drastically different superman red sun the movie ends with lex's speech and he announces that he's going to retire from the presidency and turns it over to jimmy olsen now I forgot to mention Jimmy Olsen. In the comics, he's like the typical Jimmy Olsen. In the like, he's like the typical Prime Universe Jimmy Olsen. He has red hair and freckles. But in the um, animated movie, he's a black man. He's an African American. So in the movie, he turns the presidency over to Jimmy Olsen. And it is here also where Lois sees Superman in his iconic Clark Kent disguise. He looks a lot more like Clark Kent in this one, actually. So that was a difference between the two endings. And then also, um, it goes even further when Earth basically has a red sun and Jor-El's there, Laura-El's there, and it just becomes, it's, it's doomed to explode. And they take Superman back um, in time with this rocket ship. So it's sort of like a rocket ship slash time machine. And he ends up in the Ukraine Ukrainian collective. So... That's the difference between the two endings. So I want to get so I want to give out my final thoughts on Superman Red Sun. And with Superman Red Sun, it was a graphic novel that I actually read during my junior year of college. Um, I thought it was really interesting, uh, especially since I'm a history buff. I, especially in high school, I was really I was really hooked on history, especially particularly the Cold War and. What happened during that time the space race the arms race between the united states and the soviet union and with reading superman red sun i learned that even a utopia can be as detrimental as a dystopia or anarchy and that there needs to be a balance between the there needs to be a balance of sorts and i even remember reading i remember reading the giver which is kind of a reminder of that that a balance is needed on the book the giver um by lois lowry really delved into that um where the character jonas begins to realize that you know the utopia that he that he lives in that he thought was so good and wholesome had a dark side in a sense and just like with superman's intended utopia he wanted everyone he, he wanted to make sure everyone was in a sense protected and that's why he had everyone do as he said or he had everyone go to bed at to get eight hours so but then he realized that you know, an alien shouldn't be ruling um, humanity and that humans have the right to make their own mistakes. And he even debates this with Brainiac when he's ba he, when he finally battles Brainiac along with Lex. 
And we're actually, believe it, believe it or not, we're actually seeing a lot of this in today's society where when it comes to coronavirus, there's some people who want the government to swoop in and take the reins. And there's some people who don't want any government at all. And there's others who just want things to go back to normal the way they were. And Superman Red Sun, you know, also made me realize um, that humans have free will and that government nor any entity should infringe upon that free will. And so, I mean, overall, I really thought that the graphic novel was great. Um, and that it touches a lot on the Cold War and people's views during that era. It's not just a Superman versus Lex Luthor story or good versus evil. I mean, it really has you see things in a great lens. I also thought that the movie was good. I mean, not as great as the graphic novel, but it's still good just because I felt that like it didn't really follow the graphic novel too closely like I wanted it to. But there were some interesting tidbits in the movie too that I found astounding. I mean, like naming Bizarro Superior Man, um, for instance, was one of the things I thought was really interesting. You know, kind of um, illustrating the the whole war between or the cold war between the u.s and the ussr like the competitiveness and i would recommend that people definitely read the graphic novel before seeing the movie that's just my opinion though i mean but both were cool so i'm gonna um that's gonna pretty much wrap it up for this segment of the earth 16 comics wire i hope that you enjoyed this segment on superman red sun if you want to follow me or get any updates on this podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at Earth16Podcasts or Brian of Earth16, my other Twitter account. You can also follow me on Instagram at Earth16Comics. And do you want to become a constant supporter? Well, you can go to my anchor page um, for the Earth16 Comics Wire and make a generous donation to help sustain future episodes. You can also go to my Patreon page for the Earth16 Comics Wire to give me your support. It'd be much appreciated. And thanks for listening. And remember to stay ever so awesome and also be safe. Until next time, this is Brian from Earth16 signing out.